0: Good morning. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it is a gorgeous morning, about 3 o'clock. Did you get woken up by anything? Yes, I did. Yeah. Was it raining? And uh, we can use it, and it's great, but we're going to have a beautiful day here today for our uh, crop walk. And so think about our crop walkers as they uh, take off to walk for hunger today, and I think they're going to have a beautiful day to do that. At this time we're going to invite the sunshine singers to come forward as they call us uh, to worship as only children uh, can with this wonderful love of God in their hearts and a desire to sing that love with all of you sunshine singers. Now we're going to ask all the rest of you singers to stand as we join together in our hymn to celebration number 421. We'll sing the first two and last verse of Make Me a Captive Lord.
1: let Make your way
0: As we come then to our time of prayer, I'd invite you to join in our prayer hymn, and that will be number 2176 in the black hymnal, and we'll join together and make me a servant, which we'll sing through two times. may we pray. Eternal God, we come to the foot of the throne of your grace this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We continue, O God, with faithfulness as we walk the way of Lent. These last three weeks now, we come ever closer to that last week of the greatest story ever told. And as we come ever closer, O Lord, we ask ourselves to become a part of the story. And even as we have walked the stations, might we find ourselves too caught up in the majesty and the mystery and the magnificence of the greatest story ever told, that we might find our lives captured by it and we might find our lives filled by it, but most of all we might find our lives blessed by that story, that we open ourselves to it to make it our own. And as Christ has walked the way to the cross, so too may we find ourselves walking with him and that we might find a deeper, more faithful walk with you, O God, because we've walked the way of Lent. And now, O God, we take just a simple moment to be still. In the silence of our prayers, may we lift anything from our heart to you that is pressing upon our own lives, the life of another that we care about, that we might find in these next few moments a time to reach out our prayers, asking blessings for those we care about. Hear our prayers, O God. Thank you, O God, if even but for a split moment of time we might sense the blessing of eternity. Hear our hearts, bless our prayers, grant us your peace. In the name of him who taught us that we might pray even as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done As our ushers come forward this morning to wait upon us for our gifts, tithes, and offerings, may we render back unto God a portion of the many blessings that God has given to us.
2: and receive a reading from the word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from St. Luke, chapter 23, verses 24 through 27. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming home from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their best and wailing for him. And from Galatians chapter six, verse two, bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. This is God's word to God's people.
3: May we pray. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise this day that we come into your presence as a community to hear shared your word that has touched hearts and lives throughout the ages. May it continue to speak to our lives this day. We pray that you will meet us here, that we have ears to hear, a heart to listen, and a willingness to receive your message through your Son, Christ our Lord. Amen. Over the last Three Sundays, we've walked through the stations of the cross. Jesus, condemned to death. The journey of Lent and the passion begins. Jesus carries his cross. The journey continues as we set our face to Golgotha. Jesus falls. The weight of the cross, the burden of each step is getting heavier. Today, we come to the moment when Simon is made. To carry Jesus' cross. Two weeks ago, when I preached about Jesus carrying his cross, I mentioned that we learned something. As Simon, uh, through Simon, when he bent down and he he picked up the cross, we, we learned that we no longer need to bear the burden of the weight of the cross all alone. And as we're reminded this morning in Galatians, we need to bear one another's cross. This morning, understanding this reality that we help to carry each other's crosses, I want to look briefly at, at Simon and about the impact that it had in his life, but more so, how does this impact our lives? How does Simon carrying the cross shape for us, teach us, help us to understand, to bear one another's burden? Realistically, we know very little about Simon from the biblical perspective, and there's not a lot of sources that talk about Simon the Cyrene. But his his role was important in the Passion narrative. His role was important on that road that day, for he's mentioned in three of the four gospel accounts. Matthew, Mark, and Luke took time to mention him by name. What we do know, it was early morning, maybe around 8 a.m., when Jesus was made to walk to Golgotha. We know that there were crowds of people filling the streets that morning, whether it was to come out of morbid curiosity, they wanted to see what was going on, or maybe to scorn and to mock Jesus once more, or maybe in sadness, that this would be their last chance to see him. We know that there was a man by the name of Simon the Cyrene, who was a father of two boys, Alexander and Rufus, who was in Jerusalem that day. And we know that Cyrene is located where present day Libya is now located. But beyond that, there's not really much that we know. We can only guess as to what happened. For example, because there was a large Jewish population in Cyrene, it's assumed that Simon must have been a Jew. And that he came as a visitor to Jerusalem to observe the Passover, which a faithful Jew of his day and age would have done. And there's no hint that he's a follower of Jesus. So we have no idea why he was on the street that morning. Maybe he had come to get a jump on the temple crowds. He wanted to beat the people to the temple to get his offering in, his sacrifice in. Or maybe he heard the commotion and he was drawn to the streets. Or maybe it was simply he was in the wrong place at the right time. Whatever the reason, imagine for a moment how Simon must have felt and the reaction he must have had as he sees this Roman centurion coming to him dressed in full military garb from head to toe with a sword at his side. And this guard walks up to him and of all the throngs of people that are there that day he seizes simon and says you carry the cross if simon could have refused or if simon had chosen to refuse it could have meant his death immediately the soldier could have killed him there on spot he really had no other option except to pick up that cross and i would bet that there were a host of Feelings and emotions and thoughts that ran through his mind at that moment as the guard seized him and made him carry this cross You know, what would happen to his family if something had happened to him to his boys and to his wife? I bet he was looking for every escape route possible. Could I disappear into this crowd without the soldier finding me? What would happen to him when he reached the hill that day? What if he couldn't bear the weight of that cross and he fell under its weight. What would people think of him, an innocent man, carrying a criminal's cross to the hill? You know, I believe in that moment, Simon was filled with a fear and a dread because he had no idea what to expect when he knelt down to pick up that cross and to place it upon his shoulder. And as he began walking, I would venture to guess that probably felt like an endless mile that that end would never come. And those same types of feelings, those emotions, that fear and the dread have continued the world over as people are faced with the reality of lifting one another's cross. As we're charged with this bearing one another's burdens, we too are faced with emotions and fears and doubts. And it's the uncertainty of what the future might hold once we take those burdens upon our shoulders that really scares us the unknown and the future is what scares us now remember simon was forced we have a choice and though we might not blink an eye or think twice if someone we love or someone close to us someone that we that we cherish asks us to bear the burden with them we'll do it but as that relationship gets further away and as the people become more distant from us It becomes a little bit more of a challenge and that charge to carry one another's burden becomes a little bit harder to hear and a little bit harder to follow. You know, we know that burdens aren't a one size fits all. That the responsibilities and the responses of those who are willing to carry the cross vary greatly and they differ. And it's part of the challenge that we face. There's not a cookie cutter approach when we bear those burdens for someone. But one thing seems for sure, It seems for certain that the greater the burden, the greater the emotional response, the greater the impact that it has and the response that it asks of us. Think of people in your life who have health concerns, who have health issues, or broken relationships, financial issues, and a host of other situations and burdens that weigh upon our lives and in our hearts the things that we bear. And I know it's ironic, but I believe that this is the joy and the gift that we're offered in this challenge to bear one another's burdens. You see, it really is a blessing that we are asked to bear with one another. You see, there's no record of it. Nowhere will you find it in the Bible, but I believe that Simon was probably transformed that day or soon afterwards following by walking behind Jesus, carrying his cross, for that was an example that would be forever etched into his mind and into his life, and it would leave a mark that would never go away. What began as fear and dread, by taking that first step forward, I believe Simon experienced a change in perspective, a change in his attitude and even a behavior from that day forward that would remain with him for the rest of his life. Because though no one knows for certain, Many believe that Simon on that day became a follower of Christ as he picked up the cross and the blood was on the wood and the splinters were in that wood. And as he experienced the weight of all of that experience, and as he heard the crowds and he stood behind this man who had been beat or beaten, there is no doubt that last or left a lasting impression. And that first hand experience, the burden of the cross upon his shoulders led to a transformation so much so that the gospel writers knew his name and mentioned him in their accounts but you know this brings us to today as we take up a charge to help bear one another's burdens now just to say we can bear one another's burdens out of guilt and we all realize that we can guilt anyone into helping us or we can out of guilt help people but that's not what we're called to do. And the guilt comes in simple ways. And maybe you've heard some of these. As a Christian, aren't you supposed to da da you know? Or because you're a Christian, why aren't you doing this thing? Or how can you turn your back on me at a time like this? If you really cared, you wouldn't say no. And the list of things that we can say to guilt people into doing stuff is endless. Yet on the flip side, if we willingly help, if we willingly give to one another that we carry their cross, we get something out of it. And I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that which we get is a blessing beyond measure. You see, on the surface level, we get gratitude, we get the, we get the knowledge of knowing that we have the opportunity to walk with someone in their, in their burden, in their hurt, in their situation. We get to walk with them and show them that we love them and build that relationship. On a surface level, we get to build a new or maybe a deeper relationship and friendship with someone. But you see, I think it's more than that. By bearing one another's burdens, we begin to experience a change within us from fear and dread or from indifference or from whatever that might be that holds us back to a new perspective, a new attitude, and maybe even a new life where we find joy in serving, and joy in bearing one another's burdens. You see, when we bear one another's cross, we're able to find God there in the midst of that situation because we might just begin to see things from a different perspective. And we might just begin to see people in a different way. And by taking up one another's cross, we begin to understand what it means to take the cross of Christ upon our shoulders, for he took a cross that was not his to bear. Yet when I think of carrying one another's burdens, when I think of the price that we will go to, the extent that we'll go to to bear one another's burdens, I'm reminded of Dick and Rick Hoyt. Maybe you know their story, I'm sure you've heard (coughs) it. It's the father and son who have run marathons, where the father has his son in a wheelchair and a stroller and he pushes him. 51 years ago, Dick and Judy Hoyt received news that would change their lives. Rick Hoyt was diagnosed with cerebral palsy at birth due to complications from his birth. When he was young, when he was a small child, when he was a baby, they would go to the area hospital in Boston, and the doctors would say, just put him in an institution. He's going to be a vegetable for the rest of his life. Just institutionalize him. But the parents continued to go week after week until finally one doctor said, treat him like a normal child, treat him like your son. At the age of 11, Rick was fitted with a computer that enabled him to communicate. And they realized just how unbelievably intelligent and special Rick was. He began public school for the first time at age 11. By 1993, he graduated from Boston University and went on to work at Boston College helping to create devices for those who were handicapped. But you know, the true blessing and the true amazing part of that story, in 1977, Rick asked his father to run for him. There was a boy, a student at his school who was paralyzed who couldn't couldn't run for himself. So Rick asked his dad at the age of 36 to run for this paralyzed student. After initial five mile run, Dick began to put concrete bags in a stroller and while Rick was at school, Dick would be out training and running more and more. As of 2014, Dick and Rick Hoyt had competed in 1,108 events together. Now for some of us, we might think that the burden would be having a disabled child and maybe that was Dick's burden and Judy's burden, the thought of having the cerebral palsy that they would be caring for. little did they know as they walked alongside of rick and as they learned their son they realized that the burden wasn't a disabled child the burden was a heart to run for those who couldn't and Duke took up that burden for his son as of april 2014 he had 72 marathons he had six ironman triathlons they fitted a bike that they could do it together, they fitted a contraption, that Dick could swim and Rick would be with him. They competed together in all 1,108 events. In In 1998, 99 I had the opportunity to see them run the Boston Marathon and there's nothing more moving than to see them. And there's a bronze statue in their honor today. You know, Dick's life was forever changed when he learned to take Rick's burden upon himself. And you see, if you ever see Dick speak, if you ever hear his interviews, or if you ever meet him, you see the joy in his life, that together he and his son have experienced this. And you will never hear Dick, Judy passed away in 2010, but you'll never hear them share of the trials and the hardships, but the blessing that came as they ran together. You know, this morning, maybe there's someone here Who wants those to walk alongside maybe you have a burden too great to bear that you're longing for someone to walk with you or maybe there's someone in your life that you've intentionally said their burdens too big i have enough stuff on my plate i can't take anything else i can't walk alongside of them. but i believe that if this is where you find yourself it's never too late to ask for help and it's never too late to kneel down and to take the burdens of someone and to take that step in faith. And to walk with him. And see where the road will lead you. You see, for in that first step, I believe that we begin to see the face of Christ. As Simon walked behind Jesus on that road. As we bear one another's burdens, we too not only get to see the face of Christ and those we walk alongside of. But we get to be the face of Christ for those with whom we walk. I hope and I pray that we will learn to kneel to take one another's burdens upon our shoulders. You know, our shoulders are never going to be big enough and they're never going to be strong enough to carry it all. But the joy is, our foundation is, and it's through faith that we are able to bear one another's burdens. May you experience anew the blessing of bearing one another's burdens. It's a gift beyond measure. May we pray. Glorious God, as you continue to walk with us and lead us forward in this season of Lent, may we understand what it means to bear one another's burdens, to continue to walk with one another, that we might stumble, that we might really screw things up, but the joy is we get to do it together, and that in this you are there. God, we give you thanks and praise that we continue on in this journey to grow closer with you as we draw closer to one another. God, please hear our prayers. Stir in our hearts, move in our lives that we will be your light to this world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as we join our hymn of dedication, number 644. Jesus, joy of our desiring.
0: I invite you to take a moment and reach out and take the hand of someone near you and join hand in hand together we know truly that we never walk alone and that when you reach out you may lift another's burdens because you have strength to give and in the burdens you carry you have strength to receive. Keep on holding hands it makes all the difference in the world. Will you receive now the choral blessing and the benediction.
4: Gracious Jesus walk with us. Suffering Jesus stay.
0: Of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit be blessed. Go forth and serve God.